Welcome to Movie Goat. I'm Nick. What's up, Nick? I'm Justin, and I guess that's like the rolled out of the bed version on a Sunday of Movie Goat theme. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, like a half speed. You know, we just thought we would slow it down. Okay. A little, little more relaxing. Yeah, it's like... They can't see what you're doing on the podcast. I just want to let you know that. That's what it's like. An old man strolling down. To the last of his days. All right. You are in rare form today. I'm just a little tired, but thanks for the coffee, Ashton. Appreciate it. Yeah. So this week we are going to be doing another rehash. Rehash. So those new to the movie GOAT, uh, Justin and I did a couple of different podcasts way back when. (laughs) Way back when. Yeah, you know. 2018. (laughs) And 17. Sure. Yeah. So we did one, we started with the Dial M for Movie, uh, and then we rebranded it to Loosely Based on Movie. So it was the same podcast, but different. Uh, anyway, we just did different things. Um, uh, we just loosely based the theme of the episode around a movie, and we did different jokes, different segments, and then we would also do different audio projects towards the end of it. This one that we're rehashing today, Justin, is actually one of our favorites. Your favorites. Yeah. Mine, not so much. Your your version is way better. Well, I'm not talking about just the project. I'm talking about the episode in general. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Shyamalan thing was fun. Yeah. Spoiler. It's all about M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, it's a Shyamalan shindig right. is what we called it's it. It's all about him. All his bullshit we get through. Yep. And then Nick and I... This is like the first one we got at odds with each other, I think. We got heated in yeah. this one. Uh, it and was, it was fun. It was, yeah, it was fun. We disagreed quite a lot in this one. Yes. So it made for a good drama. Yeah. So this was the fifth podcast that we had ever recorded, and it was probably the first one that we felt like, okay, we we actually created something pretty decent. That was it was it was good debate. Yeah. Good debate, definitely. It good was, talks. It was fun. So I think in the segments we did, we ranked the bullshit. So we ranked all the M Night Shyamalan twists, uh, all the twists, twists. Yeah. So we were ranking, you know, how on the bullshit meter. You know, where do they land? Uh, and surprisingly, we had some very uh, we, varying opinions. I think we, we went at it differently, which was fine. We didn't set any parameters. We were we just didn't. like, this is what we put. And we came together, and, and that's how it came out, which was it was odd. But it was fun. So, and then the next segment we did was... Um, it's like we uh, took random movies and then added an M. Night twist to them. Yeah, like if M. Night Shyamalan had the, got a hold of this movie, what yeah. would he do to it? I don't it? know what yours was. Stand By Me is the one I got. I just don't know if, we, don't, if we did just one or... I think we did just one. Oh, I think we did Stand By Me, but we just did a take on it. Yeah, that's what, that's it, was. what it was. We, we didn't re-listen to it, which we probably should have done. That's all right. That's a lot of work to hear another... Th- We've already heard it like so many a times. A million times, yeah. Because back in the day, we listened to it before we released it. Then after, and then probably another after, because uh, we were obsessed with ourselves at that point. We were, well, I think we were just trying to get better. We were trying to make it better, and yeah. and we were so new to podcasting. And yeah, so this one's a bit long, hour ten. So. Yeah, 
And then the last part, last segment was uh, the project that we did. We call it challenges. So we mm-hmm. would challenge each other and to do these audio projects. And it was a 1930s radio serial. <laughs> Everyone was demanding. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it would be funny because if you go back and listen to like uh, radio like segments, you can pull them up on YouTube or whatever. But anyway, they used to, you know, before TV, they had these radio serials where they would do stories on the radio. And I thought it would be funny to do something like that. Uh, but have, have an it M. Night a, twist they have an end. M. Night uh, Shyamalan twist to it. So and Nick's just ends abruptly, man. It's like just what happens after that? You got yeah. sequel upon sequel. I think we talked about that in the actual podcast, how you could have so many sequels to yours. Yeah, oh yeah. It just like it doesn't end on a good note. Yeah, we actually should expand on that idea. <laughs> but anyway, we won't we won't do any kind of spoilers for it. But this is uh one of our top podcast from our previous ones that we listed out we listed about 15 of them that we were going to rehash throughout uh the movie goat season uh and this is our this will be our second rehash mm-hmm. this was uh episode 105 from dial in for movie and it's called the shemaline shindig yeah and next week chase is doing some haunted house stuff so we're going to delve into that so if you're excited about Halloween and whatnot. We're going to hopefully have fun with Chase. We'll see. That'll be fun because it'll be some real life experiences at a haunt, an actual haunted house (laughs) that he works at, that he works at. So volunteers, that's it. Justin, you want to re preface anything else or should we just get into it? No, let's get into it. Just have fun. All right. Enjoy. I hope enjoy the Shyamalan shindig. The New York times called it tingling with excitement. The New York Daily Mirror wrote, it holds your attention like a vice. Weird, wonderful, adventure to make you wonder if it's true, while your eyes convince you that it is. Truly, the thrill of thrills. Don't miss it this time. Welcome to Dial M for Movie. Three questions, two minds, one podcast. Why the fuck are all these luxury vehicles parked outside my house? Bruce, Haley, Joel, what's going on, Samuel, Joaquin, Mr. Gibson, good evening, Sigourney, what up, BDH, ooh, Polly G's in the house, Mark and Zoe, John Leguizamo, you should have been Spider-Man, well, Jaden here, oh, good. Oh, hey, James. Justin, can I speak to you? What the hell is going on? What? We discussed this. Yeah, for Saturday, not Monday. I have to be at work tomorrow. Yeah, sorry, but all these celebrities can only come today, so... But the main guest wasn't even out here. Yeah, he won't be here till midnight. I'm shitting on my face right now. It's five fucking o'clock. How fucking long is this party supposed to be? First off, watch the language being recorded. Second, his name is M. Night Shyamalan. What do you think the M stands for? I don't care, don't care, don't care. It stands for mid. So there you go. 
He'll arrive at his namesake, and the Midnight Shyamalan Shindig will be at full strength. I hate you so much. You need to fix this. Fine, Nick. Have it your way. Hey, all you Shyamalan employees, get the fuck out of here and enjoy your lives. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Take a party tray home. No room in the fridge. Don't want to waste food. Hurry. GTFO, please. You happy now, Nick? You happy? No. I've never been happy. Would recording the podcast cheer you up? Maybe. Then let's do it! Welcome to the Shemelon Shindig! Welcome to the Dial M for Movie Podcast. Welcome back, Justin. Hello. That was a crazy little thing we just did there, Nick. Yep, so the M. Night Shyamalan shit dig will not be heard today so that we can bring you the Estelle Getty Hour. A bunch of people just turned off. They, uh, <laughs> we just isolated all two of our listeners. Um, sorry, Will and Ashton. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, please, please, please. We have reached 100 downloads after yeah. our first week. We can do better. We can do better. We can do 500 downloads. I want Setting a the bar. Yeah, One million. And followers are needed. So if you haven't already, please go to the Facebook page at facebook.com slash dial M for movie podcast. We have also launched our Twitter feed at dial M, the number four movie. And we've also launched our Instagram feed. Yeah, dial M for movie podcast. Dial M for movie podcast. That is correct. And, you know, try to, you know, just have some fun with it. Interact with us. We need you. Yep. Or it's just me and him basically is fucking around. Yeah, it really is. It's so this is our fifth episode. We um we are still pretty novice at this. So any constructive feedback that you have, we will take into consideration. We would love to get better. Yeah. I mean and just say, you know, fuck you if you want. Yeah. That's something. That's that is something. That's that interactive. You, that might actually get more likes than our actual podcast Probably. themselves. These guys are assholes. Yeah. Like, 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 like just do something. Let's I get don't it care what. So we've got our M. Night Shyamalan shindig. The Estelle yeah. Getty Hour will hold for another one. We'll do oh, it. Okay. We'll do that when our... We our, did this whole intro thing. Our we paid need for it gets, gets yeah. going. <laughs> A lot of people have been asking for the Estelle Getty Hour. So, and I tell you, <laughs> yeah, big requests. Leave us alone about Estelle Getty. Yeah. We, it's been done. Um, so History Channel. Whether you uh, like M. Night Shyamalan or you don't, it's really irrelevant because he's still a very uh, present figure in movies. Yeah, he's, called, he's divisive. I don't know how you can do a movie podcast and not, you know, at least scratch on M. Night Shyamalan. And we're going to freaking tear into him. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to rip him open. We're going to pack of wolves in this guy. They're going to think it's a hate crime. Nothing but a carcass left. <laughs> So how do you feel about M. Night Shyamalan? Are you are you actually excited about doing a podcast about M. Night Shyamalan? I like the shindig part of it. That sounded really fun. Yeah, that was fun. Can't wait to have our dance segment. <laughs> it was you guys, just... You got to the vote on who does the, the best dance. It was just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do that. I'm dancing right now. Um... But to do a whole show dedicated to M. Night Shyamalan, that's going to be... that's. It, it's actually, there's tons of content, whether you hate him or you like him or you kind of like him. I don't think love is a word that you associate with M. Night Shyamalan. I mean, he made a rebound with the split. Split's okay. I watched it. I watched it way after all the hype happened. So when I watched it, I was disappointed because I was expecting something awesome. And it was just like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It was decent for what, 
what you're usually getting from him. I mean, last airbender wooden. I mean, I think George Lucas was on set the whole time. He's like, <laughs> M. Night, just have no sense. Blank face. Well, if it's all CGI, like you're not interacting with anything, that's tough. That's a tough uh, measure yeah. for anybody, especially, especially a child, yeah. Or a terrible actor. Or a terrible child. Or a terrible writer slash director. Hey, but he was trying to do something different. Got to, yeah. Got to give him that part. And you know what? He is successful yeah, as shit. Yeah. Who cares if you fail when you're making hundreds of millions, anyway? Yeah, and that's real. Like his movies, whether you feel what, however you feel about them, they make a ton of money at the box office and in DVD releases yeah. or or Amazon releases now. Based or on them twists. I mean, he still promotes that he was the writer director of the village and the happening. Like on his like his trailers, you you would think that somebody would uh, M Night. That's a bad idea. Let's pull back. Pull back do the sixth sense put that yeah, up there the we're, we're okay sense. with that it's like 1999 it's a long almost 20 years ago that movie debuted i got that spoiled in high school i was kind of pissed with the sixth sense yeah walking down the halls and they're like hey have you seen this movie yet i'm like no and they're like oh the dude's dead i'm like wow motherfuckers i guess i'll wait for video then <laughs> kids are awful they're just terrible people yeah then he punched me in the gut <laughs> Was this BJ? For being a fat kid. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Yeah, for those that don't know, that Justin battled childhood obesity. It's true. I yeah. used to be a, a fat kid. I you were loved little... Doritos and Little Debbie was my girlfriend. So <laughs> She was always there for me. How long have you been holding on to that gem? <laughs> little Debbie was my girlfriend. Always there to stuff my face. Oh, Jesus. So we, we, let, you know what? Let's get into it. I think our, uh, our first segment, let's get, jump right you in. jump right in? Jump right in. Speaking of twists. M. Night Shyamalan's bullshit. So we are going to rank the twists or rank the bullshit, whatever you want to call it. We're, I call it, yeah, I like ranking the bullshit. So, Justin, let's dive right in. Like Ellie fucking Sattler. We're going to dive right in that yeah. shit. Yeah. That's uh, one big pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, tenacious. <laughs> oh, God. Not all his movies were twisty. No, no, no. We have to... So we have eight of the, the we're gonna take twist-worthy the yeah. movies, and we'll rank them. You'll give your ranking. So, we'll give my ranking. But we'll go chronologically. So we're going to start with the Sixth Sense. Justin, where do you rank Sixth Sense? Well, Nick, this might come as a shock to you, but I ranked it number two. That is shocking. Because think about it. This happens over the period of days, correct? Yeah, well, at least days. He never fucking changes his clothes the entire time he's alive. Oh, good call. He never does that. So he would have seen that the fucking first day. <laughs> I won't assume he didn't just go to bed. And he's like, no, I'm just not going to change him. And then every scene you see him in, He's just there, right? Yeah. His mom's in that one scene. Wouldn't Haley Joe be like, hey, man, my my mom's right there. <laughs> Can you we wanna, not talk about this? You want to talk to her? But no, he just ignores the mom completely. That's just like lazy as shit. Like that should have been a number one sign. Like, hey, he's not in this scene probably. Well, and it's also, all, it's all facades. Well, you make a good point because as he's going through this, like he's only in bits and pieces with his wife. Yep. Like, if he was actually going home every day and living through this, like, he would have seen her, like, you know, making phone calls and just yeah. completely fucking so, ignoring him. And she's like, talk to Mary, talk to him. He's, like, screaming at her, and she's not saying a word to him. Do you think that would have clued yeah, him? Yeah, so, like, does a time jump past his funeral? Like, he's like, does it have, like, a... 
he goes to heaven and they don't tell him anything or he goes to hell and they don't tell him anything. Like, hey, you come back on the ghost side. Like, how does that even fucking make sense? Well, I, I actually ranked this eighth. So I actually liked The Sixth Sense. I thought it was oh, the, the best oh, well, movie. First of all, for, wait, wait, wait. I didn't say I didn't like the movie. But when you look at it as bullshit, like that is complete bullshit. That yeah, shouldn't have happened. That, that doesn't make any sense. I can't say that that bullshit is higher up on the scale than any else of his other stuff. I was looking so. at it from a, a conceivable standpoint of logical reasoning. Like, if you look at it logically, he would have realized he was a ghost instantly, basically. If I look at it logically, there's no such thing as a ghost. And then it, <sighs> it's all the whole thing. You can't you can't bring logic. It's still a movie. So, But I still think that the well, twist it's, itself... It's all just holding everything back from you because he goes to... I thought it was a good idea, and they, it was well done. He goes done. to a, what, that party at the funeral and doesn't talk to a single soul there. He just comes there with the kid, and he's like, Hey, man, who brought the kid? Maybe he, he's who just... Who brought a, the kid? Where's this kid come from? He's just an introvert. And that kid fucking convicts his father, or like uh, the girl's father, of murder. And no one questions where this kid came from. They're just like, well, shit. Good point. Well, Haley Joe Osmond was actually very, very convincing. Like, I would have believed That girl knew she was dead. That girl knew. Well, she wasn't dealing with the same things that he was dealing with. You got to give Bruce Willis some credit here. So, and he goes home to look at his wife sleep on the couch. Why yeah. is it, what, I mean, where's he going? Uh, so, to sleep on the bed? You're talking about holes in a story. <laughs> I get that. That's but, why it's bullshit to me. So, to me. Now, the problem that I do have with The Sixth Sense is it's almost like a are you afraid of the dark campfire story. So, like, think about the cliche, and then they came home, and the on the door handle was the bloody hooker. But it was it's, a, it's the same thing. It's it was a, a Wahlberg. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's It's... And it turns out he was a ghost the whole time. Ah! And then it's, it's, I mean, it's cool to go back and like, oh my God, it was right there in front of us the entire time, but we're watching a movie. But so, it had never been done quite like, you'd never seen a Shyamalan film before. Yeah, it so was, uh, it you was, weren't expecting it. Yeah. But so it in worked. retrospect, you should have been because it was right in your face. Like, yeah. The okay. way he set it all up and convoluted everything, and but second to last, you're you're. Whew. I think you're way off. No, on it's this. second to first. <laughs> well, and whatever, book, however you want to. You're do second it. to last in yours. All right, that's so, just my opinion. No, I think it was. I do like the movie. Yeah, it was his best twist to me. Yeah, to me, it was his best. Fool me once. All right, right. so what's our next one, Justin? What is number two in the list? It is um, Unbreakable. Unbreakable. So I have Unbreakable ranked as um, seventh. Really? So Sixth Sense is eighth. Unbreakable oh, seventh. You're gonna hate my answer. Yeah, I, I already know where you're going with this. <laughs> so you're way off on this. So, but I do have a couple of issues with Unbreakable. So, I mean, we're to believe that Mister Glass, who suffers from this awful, debilitating disease, he that literally causes him to be a broken man masterminds this epic disaster to find some dude to that doesn't die on train crash. That's why it's number three for me. Well, I'm I, number three. They're all bullshit, but it's, but this one, how do you find one man? Number one, and then to find him like three times, that's astronomical, not possible. Well, he just got lucky. No, I, is he following this dude around? Is he following Bruce Willis's life? How else would he know where he's going every he day? He has a lot of time on his hands. I can get, I can <laughs> wrap my head so around so many comics he's reading. I've got, I can wrap my head around that. But what, what was struck me as odd as I'm thinking about this, and as they're displaying him and they're talking about his childhood and how he's Mister Glass or whatever, right? 
How long do you think it would take him to rig a train with explosives without hurting himself? <laughs> Maybe he has some like lackeys that he, he hires, I'm guessing. Someone's got to help him run that comic shop. Yeah, well, I, I just feel like, you know how... Some... I got you totally. It makes no sense. And what is he, what's he going to get out of this? Is he going to get a secret serum blood? Like, what is no, no. his point? His his point is he wanted to find, you know, balance in the world. I get I, that. Yeah. But, but so... He's going to kill hundreds and thousands of people. I just picture him trying to put this, you know, bomb on the train and he keeps falling and hurting himself and screaming. I mean, and like, people just come over to help him. Like, it feel bad for him. But... Th- a train, probably not that hard. You just kind of walk up. And maybe he has a sticky bomb just tosses it to it. <laughs> a sticky bomb? But an airplane? Doesn't an airplane crash? Is that one thing that he survives? Uh, Bruce Willis? I don't think so. Was he, he survived the train? I was the train crash was the big one. That was the one that really draw. Didn't he blow up a train? I uh, blow up a plane, though? He does. I think he does yeah. put something on a plane like, as so well. How did he do that one? I don't, I, I don't know. So... It, it just, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Like, he's got this horrible disease, and, like, people that with those kinds of diseases, like, they struggle in everyday life. Yeah, just to go to the bathroom. Yeah, so uh, instead, he's a worldwide terrorist. And when he falls down the stairs, that should have probably been the end of him. <laughs> yeah, that was it. But could you imagine, like, if Al-Qaeda was just a bunch of people with MS? <laughs> Can you imagine those videos where they tie a rope around an infidel's neck and then they tie the other end of it to like a turbocharged wheelchair <laughs> and then yank? Oh, Lord. <laughs> All right, let's move to the next one. Yeah. All right, so the next one was uh, signs. Signs. Where do you rank signs, Nick? So I have signs um, as... It, on the bullshit meter I have it up there at f- number four. Really? Man, so my, four? we're on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, four. So, four. This, this one, uh, I did not like signs. It Justin. doesn't matter if you like the movie or not. But I didn't like the, the twist. Bullshit. So, all right, okay. I have three major issues with signs. All right, go ahead. Are you ready? I'll Bullet. tell you my piece afterwards. Okay. So, one, if water is their kryptonite, why, why go to a planet? the fuck would they go to a planet that's 75% water? I have water? an answer for you, but I'll get to my section. Okay. Go ahead. I just figured that, you know, the, the pre-invasion conversation is, yeah, no, 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 it'll be fine. Just just kind of watch your step. You'll be fine. I like the name of that, the pre-invasion conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, two, the mom's deathbed. That fucking bugs the shit out of me to this day. She doesn't She doesn't say, you know, like, you know, always be yourself or some kind of maternal sentiment. No, what she does is she says, swing away, which foreshadows Joaquin Phoenix grabbing a bat off the fucking Her wall. Her brain was dying. No, the synapses no, no, were firing. No, no, it no. went to a memory. Swing away. It went to a memory. Away. That one makes perfect sense. No. That's just you being a dick, basically. No, that's fucking Her stupid. last words, she happened to have a fond memory of her fucking son. And you're like, fuck you, bitch. You just say something nice to him. <laughs> Swing away? That seems so contrived and just. Ugh. She, her, I can believe that she's dying. Her brain's fluttering. No. You know what the hell's going on? No, 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 no. It's more unbelievable that she's still alive during the whole time. You, hey, go get <laughs> go get the Reverend and come in here. And so, then, yeah, she's like basically in two right now. Do you want to kiss her goodbye? <laughs> Swing away. That's what she was holding back. No, that's bullshit. You're not going to convince me otherwise. Don't try to use death as this. Uh, that's what actually happens during death, though. No, your brain doesn't know what the hell's going on. All right. So three. Intergalactic travel, no problem. Invading Earth, no problem. They can do all these things. They're so advanced. They're an advanced race. But Earth's doorknobs. <laughs> that's the stumper that's the thing that they can't crack 
the Fuck. mystic code. I can't, I can't figure this thing out. I give up. They live <laughs> fucking stupid. They probably just have like, you know, you've seen Star Trek, Star Wars. They have buttons. Usually the door slides open. <laughs> yeah. Why don't they use buttons? And don't they have their doors locked though? They can't figure out just to knock the handle off. No, no, no. I no. can't believe they're never, they're not exposed to that. I only have the three fingers. I can't work this Maybe contraption. <laughs> their opposable thumbs aren't opposable. I don't know. Maybe this species right, was more you said, advanced you said your piece on than I Nick. thought. All right, here we go. So aliens, plausible. Okay. Most likely true. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Now, the, the 85% water thing, they're going to come to this planet. I understand the argument, mm. but get this. Maybe they had no options. Maybe they got here and like, well, that's the only hospitable one right now, and we're lost in space. We have to go somewhere, correct? Yeah. Okay. That could have happened. Yeah, but you're you're making a lot of leaps here. I'm just but saying. But that is plausible. Like they're like, well, we have nowhere else to go right now. We're not going to make it to the next galaxy. But that leap was never made in the movie. But it should have been. Okay. okay. Well, okay. I'm doing it, it for the movie. You're okay. And then another classic M Night trope. He's telling you from the fucking beginning of this movie that water is the enemy. That little girl's freaking glasses all over the goddamn house. She has water everywhere. It's like, oh, and our amoebas are in it. I can't drink it. Hello? We should have been like, oh, well, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. He just said it right there. And but that, I, that, I might, wait, this one complaint on the parenting here. How can you let an eight-year-old girl get away with leaving her glasses everywhere? My four-year-old son puts his stuff in the dishes. It's just a poor parenting on Gibson's part. And it might be because his wife died. Maybe he just like, well, let her do what she wants. Let her be happy. Well, She's coping. He, he was losing faith at that time while she was dying, so I can see that. Like glasses uh, around the house just just seem. But that's that was just the thing. Minute. In the very beginning, they're telling you water is going to win this war, and I'm okay with that. He told you from the beginning. I'm, that's plausible. All right, a war of the worlds. I mean, disease. They didn't know what they're getting into. I think it was worse than World of the Worlds. There you go. I said it. Uh, what the yeah. Tom Cruise one? Yeah. Oh. That was a dumpster fire, I too. I own both these movies, and I would choose Signs over War of the Worlds uh, any day. I'd choose to read a book. Because that fucking movie, him and his son, is just annoying, too. Uh, it was bad. It was bad. Like, your son's a fucking prick. Well, you're a prick, too, but... And he's like, sushi? What's sushi? Like, come on. It's Tom <laughs> Cruise. I know you've had sushi. Yeah. Asshole. Dick. And that's why I put it at seven. Well, you haven't persuaded me. I'm still keeping it at fourth... Fair on enough, the Nick. bullshit Fair meter. Enough. All right, so the next is The Village. Where do you have that ranked out of the eight twisties? I have the, that ranked third on the bullshit Are meter. you kidding me? I fucking <laughs> hated this movie. It doesn't matter I if you hated hate it. the twist. I hated it. I thought it was the stupidest, most ridiculous, <laughs> dumbass. I'm grabbing my hair right now if you can't see. I just want plausibility is what we're raking these on. We're not raking it on plausibility. We're making it how, how stupid bullshit the, it is. It's, how, it's how, a bullshit twist. It's stupid. I'll go for Here it. You, you go. go again. All right, so let's 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 revisit the plot first. Revisit a bunch of rejects on the autism spectrum camping out in the woods because they thought Amish was cool. That's retarded. <laughs> That's a Oh man. Oh, and then their version of Utopia is frightening children to death with threats of murder by monsters in the woods. The, ridiculous the whole thing is ridiculous oh it's in modern times what, who cares what difference does that make it has nothing to do with the plot or anything it's the stupidest dumbest thing i've ever seen in my life i put this at number eight it's the most plausible 
Because people out there exist like this, Nick. You, I think ha- you're you do ha- you well, you have the Amish. They don't like frighten their children, but you have them. I'm sure there's somewhere in this fucking United States. There's a sect that this is all bordered off. And if fucking Donald Trump ran that shit, there'd be a wall. They wouldn't be worried about going outside because they'd be like, oh man, we can't get outside the wall. So fuck it. But in this universe, they have to have a, a, a scary being. You're you're looking at the. You don't think that this could happen. So uh, you have a. a, a this it been could generations happen, worth of but kids. But it's not a good twist. It doesn't. It, it doesn't contribute to, to the movie at it's all. Plausible, just because though. Just because it's plausible doesn't mean it I could see someone actually following through with this. Like, oh yeah, let's make some monsters and scare the kids. But that's the, stupid. But, Why would you make a movie on things that could happen? Sometimes it's okay to. It what? Could, it's entertaining enough to have this big, huge twist that that you know maybe just challenges your mind on something I mean, that is none his, of this challenges his, anything that it doesn't his... challenge your mind on anything oh we're in the woods that's all we were just camping out that's fucking stupid no you're waiting for this you're whole belittling big... it no i am belittling it because it's supposed to be this epic twist i remember i remember them pushing that movie and i yeah, remember and you went to see it because it's called fucking marketing of course you're gonna go like oh i can't wait for this twist and you saw us in theaters didn't you i did there you go yep he got your money and he got my money now, Once only, though, I did not watch it ever again. I will say, side note, and something that was really enjoyable in this movie, that Adrian Brody goes full retard in this movie. So <laughs> You'd never go full retard, But though. he did, and he oh, made wait, it wait. back alive. I got a story. Okay. When I actually saw us in theaters. All right. Okay. So it's a pretty serious movie. Not a lot of mm-hmm. uh, jokes in there. No. Uh-uh. Not too much comedy. Um I, on the other hand, am a desensitized little shit. You so are. I was like, what, 18 or 19 when this movie came out? And so I'm in the theaters with my friends. You know, everyone's enjoying the movie. And you know the part where Adrian Brody falls in the hole and mm-hmm. dies? Yeah, yeah. I laughed out loud. <laughs> that, that's good. All by myself. And no one else laughed with me. See, I knew that this was a piece of shit. Yes. <laughs> No one else had my sentiments, so that's why I'm doing this now. <laughs> but yet you ranked it on plausibility. Yes, I believe it's a number eight. Yeah, it's plausible. It's for the sure. most likely that could actually happen. Well, people actually do that. Like I could, t- yeah. I mean, I don't know about going to the full lengths of creating these extravagant costumes well, out of the just little religion. Little. <laughs> that's right. I said it. Oh, okay. I was <laughs> that's going all to it the. Is. That's, yeah. You're going to hell. I was going with the, the. You go out in the woods, the monsters will get you. Same thing. I mean, who's embroidering these uh, freaking monster suits and stuff? I think we, I, we've just lost half our audience and, I, with my religious ideals. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. And like, what, one person's allowed to go out of town? Is that how that worked? Something like that. I don't remember. Oh. All right. So, yeah. That was it. That was the village. There you go. There you go. What's the next one, Nick? So the next one we're doing, um, if we're going chronologically, would be Lady in the Water. Oh, so let me tell you about this film, Justin, okay. because I have I've been passionate about these other films. I don't know if you've noticed, but this one really, really got me going. So I went and saw this one in theaters. I want to just revisit the Lady in the Water real quick for you, okay? Okay. So. Let's do a little mini bullet point breakdown. I want to break it down for you. So there's this magic girl called a Narf who comes from an enchanted world called the Blue World. Okay? Also, her name is Story because we couldn't figure out anything else. So, Justin, Story is not just any Narf. She's a Madam Narf that comes to our world to inspire us to elect better political leaders in the future. She failed. 
And how does she get to our world? You're probably wondering, Justin. I am. Well, she went through a magical portal in an apartment complex swimming pool. Is that what that happened? Yes. I, that's, oh. This is why we're, it's worth revisiting. Okay. Now, Story is being chased by a werewolf-looking thing covered in grass called a scrunt. Now, she's supposed to be protected by a group of invisible monkeys that look like a bootleg ant tree herder. They're called the Tartutic, but the Scrunt's attacking her anyway because he's kind of a dick. All right, and, and here's the kicker. She comes to help us, but really she needs our help to get back to her magical world, so we have to go collect magic mud called Key uh, in order to heal her and get her back to her world. Also, she doesn't go back to her world through the swimming pool in which she came. No, no, no. A giant fucking eagle comes and takes her away. The end. Just like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Just calling the eagles. Nick, I, I don't care. This is That's number it. one on the bullshit meter. Yes, number, finally number one on the <laughs> bullshit meter. It was num- ridiculous. This is the easiest one to put on. Uh, I, I saw agree. this in theaters, unfortunately. Paul Giamatti, I'd rather watch you in Planet of the Apes any day. <laughs> I'd rather watch that on repeat. For the rest of my fucking life, <laughs> then watch Lady in the Water again. And that's saying God something. damn, yeah. Him fucking orangutan selling children and shit. I would eat it up. I'd freaking, oh, Lady in the Water so bad. So bad. So just, you know, I was doing some research on this film. So this was actually a bedtime story yeah. that he used to tell his kids. And he put, like, this was his passion project that he put all his effort into. Yeah. Oh, it bombed, too. I'm and sure we're not the only ones that feel this way. I'm that sh- movie was horrible. I'm sure it put them to sleep every night. He should have been like, hey, man, they're not caring about this. <laughs> I should probably stop. Because it's not, it's not funny. Yeah, my, my children think that are really giving me a lot of constructive feedback on it. Maybe I shouldn't do this film. God bless America. I, I think we should just skip to the next one because I don't even want to talk about this movie. It's so bad. Fair enough. It's just so convoluted. So next, chronologically, for M. Night Shyamalan was The Happening. The Happening. Justin, I have this ranked second on the bullshit meter. <laughs> Second on the bullshit meter. And I'll tell you why. Mine's a little higher. I want to ask you a question. This is how I'm going to answer this. I'm going to ask you a question. So when you're ranking, you're big into horror films, right? I do like horror films. So when you're ranking horror villains, where would you place the air in the happening? <laughs> it's also pl- it's, it's plants. W- whatever. It's, it's, it's the plants. It's the spores in the air. It's, but the plants are transferring through the air. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, that would actually be quite terrifying, <laughs> in, all, <laughs> in all honesty. Uh, if I couldn't walk outside, I would be but terrified. How unclimactic it was that. Uh, I, I hated this fucking thing. I'm fucking plants. Are, so, And then what I really hated about it was Mark Wahlberg talking to a tree, and he then only feels silly when he finds out the tree's plastic. That's a real scene. <laughs> just, just he's like, please, I just we just want to go to the bathroom. And he's like, oh, it's plastic. I'm an idiot. <laughs> God damn uh, you, Marky Mark. I saw this one in theaters as well, mm. and then I'll hate watch it every once in a while because it's hilarious. That's true. If, That's if true. The, if, have you ever seen Maximum Overdrive? Yes. Stephen King's where yes. the, all the things come to life, electronics uh-huh. come to life and kill you. Yep. That's what he stole this from, basically, because that was the cool part of the movie when people were fucking like getting ran over by lawnmowers yeah, yeah, yeah. and getting hung in trees and all that kind of stuff. It's, like that was disturbing all the people in the trees and the and their nooses and whatever. But yeah, the lawnmower killing the guys. That guy, he's like, I'm going radar this time. But it almost like it got 
it got less and less epic as the movie went oh, on. Oh god, like, yeah, it, it just got just really boring, worse, worse and worse. And and Mark Wahlberg as the science teacher, like, hey, maybe it's the maybe it's the air, guys. What do you think? Nobody's worried about the bees. Yeah, I got a big cock. Let's hear some <laughs> theories about the bees. <laughs> I got, I got a big cock. I don't, I don't, I don't want to waste it in this world. Zoe Deschanel, come on. Come on, pump up the jam. Anyways, yeah, like this movie is a number four for me because I could totally see the world turning on us. I mean, that's just going to happen. I mean, don't just, you think we would have had some indicators prior to that? Like, think about all the herpetologists and the uh, botanists. Well, mutations, there's so many. Plans. And, then it, and then it just happens over the what was it a state was it the state of Pennsylvania or it's always it, Pennsylvania all his movies are in Philadelphia or, or you think we would have been able to contain it a lot faster like we would have been able to figure this out that is not contain plausible the spores and the winds I don't know. oh and also in the movie just. FYI, they outrun the wind. I just, yeah. they're, they're in that fucking That's field. That's just a movie trope, though. And then run. Like the day after tomorrow, they run out, they run, they outrun um, the temperature dropping. Like, how do, how do you outrun the temperature dropping? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's not going to get us. Oh, I got my elbow. I got frostbite. Oh, yeah, it's God. the same same idea. You can, you can always outrun. They literally the run things. like the wind. <laughs> Thank you, M. Night. The wind. Yeah, but I, it could happen. Mm. Inning. It could. I, it's and just it, a bad, bad uh, execution. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Yeah. So like, the thought behind it, I think, is actually clever. Bad execution. Very, that's, a, that's a good way to look at it. Because all the execution happened in the beginning of the movie. You only feel dying. But it's such horseshit. Oh, it's like cool. it just it's building and building and building, and then it just just they go on a train ride to dumps. nowhere. Yeah, and they stop fun. for some reason. And the dialogue and acting in this was so horrible. And yeah. I like Mark Wahlberg for what some it's worth. Stuff. Yeah. Um, but good God, and Zoe Deschanel, she was just boring. You want to talk about funny? Listen to her and some of like go pull out quotes from that movie from her. It is it's so fucking. It's a car. Like she, like it's so blatant. Like I think I re hate watching. It. It's been a couple of years. I worst. think since I've watched it. But yeah, four of my possibility. All right, so the is that next it? one. Oh, is, okay, one no, more. we've got two more. Two more. So the next one is The Visit. So where did you rank The Visit on the bullshit meter? I think it was number five. Yeah, so mine's close. I ranked it sixth. So I, I kind of like... I do think it's more plausible. It makes more sense. It's kind of, oh, it's kind of creepy that that could happen. And like it rings in the back of kids' heads, like what if, what if, what if. So the, I get that. that. That works for me. But there's nothing scarier, Justin, than fake grandparents. Yeah, and this movie really bothered me. And like, of course, their mom hasn't shown these two kids that are in their teens their grandparents. Like, yeah. well, what no, are I the get odds? That. Oh, I here's a fucking picture. Oh, let's FaceTime them. They have money. They have a nice house. Yeah. Well, no, the thing I can't get my head around is maybe she didn't speak to him because they had a falling out. That's fine. And I you're going to just that. send your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Here you go. Here's having for a week. We haven't spoken in years and yeah. I'm not going to meet you when I drop them off. Yeah. Here you go. Most that's, that's why the bullshit is in the middle here. Cause like, I that, agree. come on, no mother would no good mother would do that ever it, it'd be different if she ran off when she was like 16 and she hasn't seen him in like 20 years and then you still she, wouldn't send your kids by themselves well no but even if she met him she could be like mm, i guess that's them i haven't seen him in so long i don't know 
Uh, I mean, the movie is two escaped mental patients. I know, I know. Break out and they murder the they murder the kids' grandparents and stuff them in an ice chest. But, but, but when the grandmother's like naked, scratching on the fucking yeah, wall, I probably just leave. <laughs> uh, Mom, listen, we need to talk. They try to do that in the let, movie, but they, let they me explain to you down. what grandmother is doing. She was butt ass naked, <laughs> scratching on the walls. Yeah, go clean this oven for me. Get so, your whole self in the oven like yeah, also uh, mom we're like under the age of 14 so come get us yeah there's just too much going on i wouldn't have stayed there that long i don't think and uh i probably would have known my grandparents what they looked like i mean i don't know i just think it, it's better than the happening that's all it's shorter so yeah i can definitely get through it quicker um the acting's better in it so i'm say. All right, and this is the last one, right? So the last one is Split. Split. His most recent film, correct? Right. I had that at six. I had that at fifth, so we're pretty close on that one because it, the problem that I had with the twist is the only twist was that it was a sequel to Unbreakable, which, I, I like I said, I, I liked Unbreakable, so it was, it was I guess, kind of fun for me to see, oh, okay, you know, what's his name's back and, you know... Yeah, that was the only really because once again, I I saw this way after all the hype settled down. Right. So I was expecting this awesome movie, and I watch it. I'm like, well, I mean, okay, it was okay, and the ending was cool, but him uh, like living in a, a zoo, and no one noticing that the whole beast thing kind of pushed it over the edge for me. Also, twenty three personalities. How is he functioning well enough that he can snatch children without arguing with himself? Come on. And the girl watched the movie. She had so long to get out of the car and she waits and she waits and she waits. You get out of the car. You don't want someone to spray you in the face. Yeah, like he would have triggered like mom's radars like way in advance. These kids would have been like, this guy's a creeper and would have stayed like And how long could it fucking him? take you to realize Someone's in your car when you're getting in the car. Wait a minute. <laughs> that looks like a dude. Well, no, like actually, I could see that. Like, with their, their heads down on their phones. But the one girl is walking in the front seat. Yeah, she's in the front she seat. She goes to the front seat. She's like, hey, that's not my mom. Yeah. It takes two seconds to realize that's not my mom. That was... was and then where are all the other bystanders that aren't going to help these people? Like, this lady's on the ground bleeding. They're like, eh. Also, you Groceries. know... You have kids, right? Like Two. You yeah. know, and I've played with my nephews before. You know, when you're running outside, they're... Kids are elusive. Yeah. They can be hard to catch. Like, what? Do they not even try? Well, the girls in the backseat, I'll give them, they, they weren't paying attention. Right, right. They get sprayed in the face. They have no hell's going but on. But I'm talking about as the movie progresses. Like, they, it's like they're not even trying. They're just Well, like, they're stuck in a room. Mm. Pretty guarded room. I mean. But they even talk about trying to do something, and then just nothing happens. Cool, they're scared to death. I mean, that one personality happens. is a murderer. Nothing happens. Then nothing happens. Then nothing happens. But you have the 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 out of a multiple personalities, so you can do whatever you want, basically. It doesn't matter. So one's a killer. I will say, uh, what was it? McAvoy? Yep, James McAvoy. He was he was good. Oh, yeah, he's excellent. He was awesome. He, without him, the movie would have probably not been so yeah. successful. So... Maybe Walking Phoenix could have done it. That would have been great. It would have been better if Mel Gibson would have done it. <laughs> yeah, Mel Gibson could pull it off. Granddad? Nope. It's going to kill you. Or they brought back Zoe Deschanel. No. God, no. <laughs> I like mm -hmm. Mel Gibson. Mel yeah. Gibson as uh, James McAvoy. <laughs> it's not a stretch for him. 23 no, he, personalities. And Yeah. Kill people. <laughs> so, Justin, as we recap our lists, we're ranking the bullshit twist endings from the M. Night Shyamalan movies. Uh, first being the 
most bullshit, worst twist. Uh, eighth being the most plausible. <laughs> logical. Uh, logical. Whatever. Yeah. So for me, I had eighth was The Sixth Sense. Uh, seventh, Unbreakable. I had The Visit was sixth. Split was fifth. Signs, fourth. The Village, third. The Happening, second. And Lady in the Fucking Water as number one. And mine's a little different. Uh, eight, The Village. Seven, Signs. Six, Split. Five, The Visit. Four, The Happening. Three, Unbreakable. Two, The Sixth Sense. And one, Lady in the Goddamn Water. She should have drowned in that pool. Yeah. It'd been a better movie. That would have been... She should have just not made that shit. So, Ugh. um... What, what if, Nick, shit. what if M. Night directed a classic movie? Okay. Like, this isn't a remake. Like, right. this is, he's got his hands on this property. Ooh. And he had his own little twist to it. And a gratuitous cameo, because he always does that. He does do that. So, um, we're going to call this segment... Shyamalan, a film, and shit. From his asshole. So what what I think we need to do is we'll go to our randomizer. So we'll do the selections as classic films, things that we have liked in the past, things that have a, a cult following almost. Or just good movies. G- good movies, yeah, absolutely. Lots of them to choose from. So let's go to our randomizer and let's see what we come up with. So, Justin, we came up with Stand By Me. Ooh, Darling, darling, stand. Uh, just quick thing on that. That was my wife and uh, my wedding song we danced to. Really? Yeah, you were there. You don't remember? I, do I remember the <laughs> song that you danced with your <laughs> wife to in your wedding? Uh, we no. chose a song that we both liked and it was pretty short because it's really embarrassing when you're surrounded by people you kind of love. Well, and you're a big Rob Reiner fan, so that makes sense. I was more of a big, uh, who even did that song? I don't remember now. <laughs> you don't love your wife. The, who wrote the song? Yeah, uh, that's I B don't know. King something. Yeah, I don't know. I have to look that one up again. I yeah. don't recall because your wedding, your marriage depends on it. But I love that. I love that song for yeah. The wedding depends on who wrote the song. That's what my <laughs> wife really cared about. She does. I think it was Ben E. King. I think that sounds familiar for some reason. You're just making or shit or the up. Temptations. No, I'm going to tell your wife. Okay, well, hopefully she'll listen to this, and then she can scold me afterwards. Yeah, you don't, I don't think you want her to listen to this. <laughs> you didn't know who wrote our best fucking wedding song? <laughs> We've got kids. Yeah. <laughs> Two oh. kids because of that song. That's what brought us together. <laughs> oh, God. That's not true. So, Stand By Me, the movie. Stand By Me, the movie. And we're going to shummel on the shit out of it. Oh, yeah. Shyamalan this shit or he take a, he's going to shit on this movie the so one. hopefully you out there in podcast land have seen Stand By Me it's a freaking classic if you haven't seen Stand By Me you can just get the hell out of here yeah Stephen King a short story The Body yep uh, it's basically a coming of age of four kids who go try and look at a dead body yep Fellow classmate. They try to find the murdered 
I don't know if he was murdered, but they try to find them. No, the a train dead, hits him. Well, they try to find the dead body. He's and, picking blueberries, and God damn it, did, he didn't have a headset on, so why did he get hit by a train? <laughs> that kid deserved to die. Yeah, he, he was going to get picked off sooner or later. No, I, I imagine that maybe he saw a cute little butterfly, and he's like, I'm going to get you, butterfly. And then, whack! The train just <laughs> knocks him out of his heads, I think is what the, the term they use in the movie. Oh, I'm assuming the train conductor did not give a shit. Whether you believe in evolution. What was the train conductor? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Whether you believe in evolution or not, um, that kid was going to die at some point. Yeah. Survival of the (laughs) face. Because trains make a lot of noise. But was a train conductor. (laughs) Do you think he gave a fuck? (laughs) He just kept going. He's got a delivery to make. The kid's been dead for days and no one can find him. That's the whole story in this town. Where's the, where's this kid? So the train conductor's probably sleeping on the job. I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see why he couldn't if he knows he's he's got a, like it, a wind up alarm clock. Yeah, was in he the paying 50s. attention? Oh, poor kid. Yeah. So yeah, so the story is that um, the gang and the store uh, Ace is the gang leader. Yeah, Ace is the gang leader, played by Kiefer. So the, you know they basically find out that the dead boy's out there, and they want to go claim him and get, I guess, uh, a notor- reward or something? notoriety. I think yeah. uh, there might be a cash reward. I, I don't, don't remember. Don't remember the movie. But the main story is actually the four boys. Yes. So you got yes. Chance, who's like the head of the group, kind of. He's the, 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 the family-oriented moral, kid. Yeah, the moral center of the yeah, group. Yeah, moral center of. is a good good yeah. term for him. Then you got uh, Vern, who I relate to the most. Yeah. Chubby Vern, fat kid. Vern was a little fat kid that got picked on Yeah, just like me. Just like you. Hair was different. I didn't have the buzz cut. And I want our listeners to think, uh, reminisce back to the beginning of this uh episode when we discovered that you battled childhood obesity yeah my mom this is embarrassing uh-huh. my mom made me shop in the husky section <laughs> <laughs> I, that has followed me to this day like that's made me really sad yeah i remember when i first met you you were heavier i don't remember you being like super fat i wouldn't no, i was probably like 20 pounds overweight you weren't Vern fat He's not. He's actually just a little chubby kid too, and he turns into Jerry O'Connell. So things turned out a lot better for that kid than me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he marries uh, Rebecca Romaine. Oh, he does. Mm-hmm. Eh. Mystique. Not bad to look at. Yeah, he did good. Good for him. Good job, Jerry. I did better with my wife though. Except for you're about to get a divorce because you don't remember the artist who sang the song that you played at your wedding. Ah, whatever. And then we have uh, Chris Chambers. Who is like the? He's a. What, what would you describe him as? A, I would. He was like the kind of the driving force. He was the confident kid, but still a little bit troubled at home. But he has like a heart of gold. Yeah, yeah. You just want to root for him. He was played by River Phoenix, Justin. Yeah, River, uh, and he had like the bad boy um, stipulation. Not stipulation. Uh, bad boy stigma. Yeah. From yeah. Uh, his brothers in a gang, correct? Yes, so Eyeball. Eyeball was his brother, and he was in Ace's gang. Ace's gang, who's Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer, yeah. Um, I was on Facebook the other day, and there was like one of those you know click things, and they had open caskets of celebrities. And you clicked on it. I, I did click on it. <laughs> I was just curious. You son of and a bitch. And on that list was River Phoenix, and it was just kind of kind of creepy. Nick, how would you want to have an open casket? No, I just cremate me, you know, burn me, and then flush me down the toilet. I don't care. That's I where really you want to go don't. down the toilet. Yeah, like all these extravagant things spread me across the ocean. Who cares? You're dead. Well, the ocean would be pretty sweet. Would it? Would you care? I'd be like after fish you're food. dead. No, I don't think I would care. Yeah, because yeah. I 
don't exist anymore. Make it as easy as possible. If if my loved ones need some kind of symbolic, you know, resting place for my ashes, they can do whatever the hell they want. Mantle. It's a popular choice. That's I think that that's weirder than spreading your ashes somewhere. Yeah, and I honestly think caskets are just a waste of space. I agree. I um, agree. There's so much land that's untapped. Yeah, you think about all the the housing market right now. Like we could really, really push some boundaries. All kinds of stuff, really. I mean, parks for kids. Yeah. Um, I actually wrote a paper in sixth grade. <laughs> oh, did you? About this very thing. Like, no joke. This is all true. We had to come up with some kind of idea to uh, to help the world, <laughs> something like that, or a way we could increase production in the world. I don't know. And my idea was to just rip up all the graves and replace them with something else. There's just a lot of land out there. And that was, uh, I got like a C plus. Uh, she did not find it comical or um, realistic. And, uh, you know, screw her. So maybe she was grading you on like your actual story structure or your like your MLA formatting. Yeah, MLA. Yeah, it could have been just bad writing. It could have been, but... I remember being pretty straight to the point. Yeah. We don't need graves. Yeah. Build something else. Yeah, it could be just horrible. I can see that. Graves are a waste of space. They take up land that can be used for commerce. I would rather walk into a Target with knickknacks than go to the grave of my grandfather. Also, we're just asking for a dead uprising. No graves, no zombies. That's the kind of world I want to live in. A blockbuster on every corner. Not someone's dead loved one. How we got off on that tangent, I have no idea, Justin. However, we've got a job to do. We have got to shamalon the shit out of Stand By Me. Okay. So what are your thoughts? How would, how would if M. Night Shyamalan got a hold of Stand By Me, he was the original director. It wasn't Rob Reiner. Yeah, he'd have a... <laughs> it was M. Night Shyamalan. Gratuitous cameo, of course, too. Yeah. He's in every one of his movies as something. So where does he show up in this film? In my film, I think it'd be cool, slash really funny, if he's actually the um, lardass. <laughs> so he's Vern? <laughs> no, 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 Lardass in the movie. Uh, he's eating all the pies, the blueberry pies. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, and the, the, st- the story Lardass. that um, yeah, he, uh, he LaChance tells. He drinks like a bunch of castor oil and like 12 eggs, <laughs> like 12 raw eggs. <laughs> so he's got like a nutty professor suit yeah. on. That would be a lot funnier. <laughs> if, if it was an Knight Indian. Just started puking up purple liquid all over everyone. Uh, that's where I would go with his cameo. That's actually really good. Either that, or he'd be the the, the junkyard guy. That'd be funny too. Like you kids, stay out of my yard. Yeah, he's like, loony, loony, loony. But that guy's actually really perfect for that role. So yeah, let's go, Lardass. Okay. Well, I thought it would be funny if um, he showed up as the dead body. Oh, so my they God. <laughs> they get there and their friend. Everyone's is, wish comes true. And their friend M. is M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Hey, he's like 42. He's in our <laughs> class. Maybe he was the teacher. I don't know. Yeah. That would so, be, be, be... That bad. would just make me happy, I think. I don't think I'm thinking of the audience. I think I'm no, just thinking about myself. very selfish of yeah, you. I apologize. To M. Night. Sorry, Mid. Yeah. <laughs> Nick's an asshole. But then, all right, so... 
Now he's just a hand on the movie. Yeah. So his twist, he's not really good at story structure. So, you know, Stephen King has just gifted M. Night this, this perfect movie and this perfect story so to this put is, together. This is like when uh, Stephen King gave Stanley Kubrick The Shining. There you go. And Stanley's like, I'm going to do it myself. Fuck you, Stephen. And Stephen's <laughs> like, well, you know what? 20 years later, I'm going to make a shitty TV movie about this. Yeah. Payback. I'm going to show you, buddy. That is a piece of fucking shit. I own that movie just because. Uh, never got around to You never watch saw it. The, the TV version no, of The Shining? No. Oh my God. I had the guy from Wings in it. <laughs> Which guy from Wings? I, I one of the main characters, the flowy hair. I don't remember his name. Oh, the big guy that talks the, like this. No, no, it was a white guy. <laughs> yeah, it was a white guy with the blonde hair, the big guy. Uh, he's not really big. He's a skinny dude. Oh, no. That... He's the brother of the main character in the, in the show. He's like the goofy brother. Was that Tony Shaloub? No, he's in Wings, though. Yeah. No, it wasn't Tony Shalhoub. That's Monk. I know who you're talking about. I don't know if I can know. It doesn't matter his name. It's irrelevant. But that is a horrible rendition of The Shining, and that's... Oh, my God. And now M. Night's going to do the same thing to this property. He's just going to take a dump on it? I think, actually, he might improve it. Oh, okay. All right. We'll see. So now you're reaching. Now I'm reaching. So the ending... Or not the ending. The beginning, middle, pretty much the same movie. Um, the ending is where it will change. In the movie, Eyeball and Kiefer get to the body. The boys are there. And mine, the boys are not there yet. Kiefer and I, Eyeball get there first. They see the body. And the boys are actually in hiding behind some trees because they don't want to deal with Kiefer, uh, who is ace, yeah. or Eyeball right now because you know, he threatened them earlier to kill them. So they don't want to mess with them. So they're behind the trees watching this unfold. So Eyeball walks up to the body and starts like freaking out, like crying. He actually pukes on the ground and then Ace looks at it and he's like, oh, holy shit, that's fucking gross. Mm. And then Eyeball goes nuts. He's like, Ace, get the fuck away from the body. Get away from the body. Get away. And Ace's like, are you serious right now? He's like, don't fucking talk to me, Ace. He's like, we're going to the car. I got a blanket in the car. Come on. So he's crying. He's upset. Like, this is very uncharacteristic of eyeball to, to shoot down Ace number one. Yeah, because they're street toughs. And Ace is the leader. You don't talk back to the leader. So then it goes to the boys. They come out of hiding. And you got uh, Gordy saying, I can't believe that eyeball talked that way to Ace. I mean, that, that's that never, I've never seen that happen. Never seen that happen. Like, does, does eyeball have some connection with this kid? Yeah, what's going on? And then Chris, like, not, not that I know of. I mean, I don't think he even knows the kid. Then Teddy's like, come on, boys, let's go find this dead body. It's got to be good. It's got to be good. It's so gross. And then, and then Teddy, or not Teddy, Vern is like, I'm fucking scared, guys. I'm fucking scared. I mean, I just puked. I'm probably going to shit myself. So they're like, come on, Vern, just come on. So they walk up to the body, and they are thunderstruck, like Brian Johnson screaming in their ears. It's their bodies. Oh. They're Ooh. dead. They're covered in stab wounds. Some have some bullet holes in them, and they're just beside themselves with awe. They're like, How, what the hell? Turns out, the scene flashes back. Turns out, Teddy's dad got out of Tukas, and he murdered them all. He was falling the whole time. And he they mur- were dead the whole yeah. time. Well, it was just them reliving their, until they got to that point. But yeah, they're, uh, they're dead. And uh, Teddy gets like one last shot off at his father. They fight for the gun. And his dad's dead on the other side of the tracks. And then the the narrator is actually Eyeball. 
he's reading in like the 20th anniversary of his brother's death and it actually changed him. He's like all dapper. He's out of the gangs now. He's like a better person. So there you go. So really it took all those kids deaths to get eyeball to see the light. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you gotta get hit hard to change. That was, that's pretty dark. Yeah. Not sorry. The comedy wasn't really there. Yeah. That was not funny at all. Well, death isn't funny usually, Nick. But that'd be a good ending. I mean, it's kind of like your your sixth sense ending. A little bit. It's it's a kind of like a. Except this is like just one journey, and not him reliving five days and not really realizing that he's. That's dead. true because they're out in the woods and they're you know it's their journey, so yeah. it would make more sense. Yeah, because they're out there anyways, just sixth doing sense. Yeah, just doing kids things, and not finding random children to to help cope with. Although it's kind of like miserable that all four of those kids are just dead yeah but it's almost like a cop-out for m night though and they were dead the whole time yeah but this is you know this movie was made in 1986 so, so it would have been his first venture yeah. wait and he would have been like probably 12 years old when he did this so yeah congratulations m night well i think that's where his creative um genius kind of stopped churning when he was 12 when he was 12 so i mean he think these about stories up. yeah he just writes these things down and like when i get older <laughs> I'm going to make them into movies and make millions of dollars. Go back to my 12-year-old well. <laughs> Why he sounds like a 1940s <laughs> New York gangster flipping a nickel, I have no idea. Do you have any ideas, Nick? So, you know, as we're talking about it, I'm thinking, well, all right. So if M. Night's doing it, then he's going to be, I, I think, a little contrived, obviously. So what I was thinking was maybe that, um, you know how Richard Dreyfus is the uh, narrator? Mm-hmm. So everything's the same except towards the end, very similar to yours, except that when they flash back to the, you know, the time that the narrator is actually speaking, it's Richard Dreyfus, and he's talking to a prison psychologist. Oh. Turns out he murdered that guy or that kid. Um, and to cope with his fragile psyche, he created this tale that he kind of relives with this prison psychologist, and he's been in jail for 20 plus years. Uh, and it was him the whole time, and that journey never actually happened. That's not really funny either. That's what he uh, he created in his mind to cope. That's a cool idea too. I like yeah. that. It's kind of like um, what's that uh, John Cusack movie where that prisoner has the same kind of things. Identity. Identity. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. Whores don't get a second chance. Yeah. Whores don't get second chances. That was actually a really cool part of the movie. Yeah, that was the <laughs> best part of the movie. Was that part? Of course, as a little child, you know, go figure. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that part was really cool. I actually met, kind of met John Cusack. He was at Dragon Con. Oh. I didn't really meet him, but uh, went to his panel. <laughs> so if you haven't realized by now, the only thing that Justin does is <laughs> go farm Dra- and go to Dragon Con. <laughs> Dragon Con. Can't wait. August coming up. No, September. Sorry. So I actually think those are good adaptations of M. Night Shyamalan and Stand By Me. Yeah, I, sorry they're lacking the comedy. Yeah, it's not funny at all. It's just horrible. Well, that's how well you get there you go, M. Night, movie. motherfucker. What'd you give us to work with? Maybe he remakes Stand By Me with that. That'd be cool. Yeah, if you steal that from us, we want credits. <laughs> I want to be in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be the dead bodies. <laughs> I'll be a lard ass. Relive my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, so childhood obesity is not funny. Now it's the ch- 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 challenge. All right. So, Justin, I think for our challenge, what we're going to do is we are going to make our own... M. Night Shyamalan story. It, you know, it'll take us a few minutes to create a little uh, story escape on our podcast. Okay. 
But there's a caveat, Justin. What is the caveat? I think to spice it up a little bit, make it a little bit more fun and lively, I think the challenge is going to be to do this in the style of old-fashioned radio. That will spice it up real good. (laughs) (laughs) Totally spice it up, like dropping cayenne pepper on that shit. Yeah, I'm ready for it. I'm fixing to start figuring. All right. Um... You want to go first or me go first? Yeah. So just so our listeners understand, if you don't know, you know, World of the Worlds, War of the Worlds. Um, what's the a worlds. famous one from Orson the Welles? The only one I can think of. Yeah, there were some others. The Phantom used to be like a, a radio serial. Billy Zane. No, no, no. This was before <laughs> Billy Zane. This was like the 40s. Oh, Billy Zane. The Shadow Nose. That's a hate watch, too. I like to, that movie's actually kind of cool. The Phantom? <laughs> um, yeah. Or, or the, the Shadow was a radio serial that was uh alec baldwin yeah we went to youtube to look at these and you know don't do it yeah <laughs> they are the, they do not stand the test of time oh the audio god. is cringeworthy yeah it's like thank god we live in this time jesus yeah. <laughs> god our poor grandparents so we're gonna no wonder they're all cranky all the time yeah, we're gonna make you listen to it yeah so we're gonna do it our way so it's a m night Shyamalan radio serial all right i will start with mine It is called, If a Tree Falls. 1930, Tree Falls, Oregon. When a tree falls, we hear it. Lumbertown, lots of beavers. It's a damn shame. Cut to our sheriff, Sheriff Jack Hackett. If he can't hack it, no one can. Old Jack enters the scene of the crime. A local in town's been murdered. Walks into the home. No blood, no prints. Not even semen. But he sees a man stuffed into a sofa. That's the seventh one this week. Either a chair, a bed, and now a sofa. Never seen anything like this. No sign of a struggle or forced entry. Jack returns to the coroner's office to get the reports. My God. Every bone broken. What's this now? Under further inspection, Jack finds splinters from the furniture on each of the bodies. They have a weird greenish glow. Never seen wood do that before. Where'd this furniture come from? Jack asks all the right questions. Turns out they're all from a local carpenter store. Called Morning Wood. Wasn't too hard for Jack to hack it. Jack travels to Morning Wood. gives Richard Ray, the owner of the business. Where were you the night before last? Where'd you get this wood from? I'll throw you in the stony lonesome right now. Richard Ray reveals the secret to morning wood. Deep in the forest is an emerald pine. Jack tracks the vast mass by facts. This tree doesn't look like any tree I've seen before. And it's oozing a green liquid. Like it bleeds. And if it bleeds, I kill it. Jack pulls out his axe. Three chops for old Jack. Didn't really understand it, but that tree stumped. Tree Falls, Oregon, isn't in the dust bowl, but the murders have dried up. Weeks later, Jack's in his chamber, slumbering. His trusty axe still ripe with tree blood nestled by the door. There, the axe begins to shake. 
falls to the ground, slides to the bed, then slowly lifts to Bob's jack, still asleep. Then whap! Jack's been hacked. The end. Ooh, that took me back. Yeah. Ooh. I really like the very end where the music built up and they killed him. Yeah, I thought that um, that was really good. And it also kind of leaves you hanging. Yeah, you could have sequels yeah. beyond sequels. It's kind of like Annabelle. Have you seen that one? Mm-mm. It's a possessed doll. Oh. From like uh, like the 1900s or something like that. And it goes through time. And Chucky's mom? Yeah. <laughs> I wish <laughs> that'd be awesome um but yeah she's possessed and she does that so that's kind of an object being possessed mm-hmm. that's actually how like the conjuring is basically that'd be really cool if an axe like just going to house to house yeah and- we don't even know if this stuff does it breed does it get on the like the hardwood floors does the house become and did you take the roots out did jack get the roots out? i don't know did he it put could grow right back yeah what do they have that that stump rot did he put stump rot on there i don't know no, was that available the, back then no. There's so many unanswered questions, which is where M. Night should start doing his twists better. Yeah. Where he leaves you uncomfortable at the end. You want some more. Ambiguous is a good word. Yeah. Ambiguous would be good. Yeah. There's no resolution per se. Yeah. And that that, that axe can just go forever. Yep. And then you have the tree area, which probably gets a house built on it eventually. Shit. Conjuring 3. I feel good about this, Justin. I do not think you're going to win this week going to be tough but um my story goes forward actually to the early 1990s it was a tough time in our country mine time jumps but it's you know it's the 1930s guessing what happens in the 1990s okay so so it's still stylized yeah it's going to be in the same breath but a little different i'm not going to give away the title it will it will do that itself okay let's listen South Central, Los Angeles, 1994. Cars are flying and so are the trucks. Dark alley. Trash riddles the street. A homeless man prays to a God who never answers. Two blacks are exchanging words. Yo, son. You gotta try this new shit. It'll fuck you up, but it'll make you fly right. I don't know. What'll it be called? Shimmelama Dinger. Shimmel... Shimmel what? Shimmerland Dinger. I don't know if I should be smoking shit. I can't even pronounce. You know what I mean? Well, shit, then just call it fucking S. Dinger. Fine, fine, shit. Like that shit. How you feel, boy? I feel like I need to go back to school and redo this area and, and get a park built. you goddamn right. Get that out of your mouth, boy! <laughs> Enter Mel Gibby. The kind of cop you don't take home to mom. Where'd you get this? Where did you get this? From your mother. Oh no, oh no, please don't kill me. I'm gonna be something. You're right. A corpse. Mel Gibby is on the trail of the drug producer. Takes him to Cuba. Abandoned warehouse. That's not so abandoned. He meets a black man and an Indian man. Tupac Shaka, I thought you were dead. You can't kill the thug life. So you're the one behind all the blacks' recent success. No, they are. Some just needed some help to find a purpose. Funny you should say that. My purpose is to oppress all but the white man. 
you, you have a very bad sense of purpose. Very bad. Dougie, apprehend Mr. Gibby. Then give him the new strain, Shamalama Zinger. Mr. Gippy is forced to smoke Shamalana Zinger. He goes back to the U.S. of A. and takes down white supremacy. In the movie called... Good Drugs. Alright, so that was mine. That, <laughs> my favorite, Justin, is in a movie called Good Drugs. <laughs> I thought of the name right at the end. <laughs> and you did conclude the shameless... Um, uh, cameo by M. Oh, Night. Definitely. He was uh, the Indian fella. That's stereotypical. Uh, I'm sorry, but it was the 1990s. <laughs> yeah, that's how Indians were. <laughs> that's how they were at convenience stores and whatnot. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. Hey, hey, the Simpsons have done it for like 20 plus years. Yeah, people hate it right now. Yeah, they should. Yeah, so yeah, mine was more of a, as a, the drugs are good. So they're smoking and the, uh, the blacks and the minorities turn their lives around because they smoke this uh, Shamalana dinger. And so Mel Gibson or Mel Gibby, I should say. Oh yeah. He's, he was based on Mel Gibson. You're right. What a stretch. Yeah. Yeah. I looked him up on the internet. Um, you know, he had that racist thing a while ago, but he was one of the top racists in Hollywood. So I chose him as my <laughs> antagonist actually, but the antagonist turned, Heroin, I guess, because he does go kill white supremacy. Well, he takes Shemalama Zinger and then goes and... Yeah, Shemalama Zinger actually is a strain that you control what the person does for you. So, oh, okay. I, I mean, it's hard to get to that little segment, but that's what, that's why Tupac was the actual, not Tupac, Shackers, Tupac. Yeah. Still alive, that's the twist, and he gets Mel Gibson to go kill all the white supremacists. That's, that's what should happen in real life. Yeah. Tupac leading the charge against white supremacy. And just bringing the hoods back to yeah. what he actually wanted, which is the gangs to be a positive influence on kids' lives. There you go. So. All right. So that was our challenge. So go to facebook.com slash dial M for movie podcast and vote on your favorite M. Night Shyamalan 30s cereal radio <laughs> cereal thing. I'll put one on Twitter, too. We'll do a Twitter a poll as well. All right. So visit us at dial M, the number four movie. Visit us on Instagram. Please sit, go to iTunes, rate us, review us, any feedback that you can give. Yeah, we don't show up anywhere. We're just sad sacks. Yeah. So please let us know what we can do better at, how we've offended you. Anything would be constructive for us. Appreciate whoever Will is. He's been helping out a lot. Yeah, Thanks shout out to Will. to Will, I think, 937, who left <laughs> us our first review. And Ashton, she's been good company. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Ashton. We appreciate all the support from both our listeners. Yeah, so those two. And Chase. Chase has been good, too. Awesome. Thanks, Chase. So even though you didn't guess the titles right from anything. You know, yeah, you guys did terrible at that. We'll appreciate but it. But we do appreciate you listening. Uh, hopefully tell your friends. Yeah, tell everyone. Just now, Justin, I'm going to do something a little bit different at the end of this episode. Okay. I'm going to give our listeners a sneak peek of what we're going to be talking about next week. <gasps> That's a good tease. I mean, we were just talking about M. Night needs uh, to tease a little bit. So we did the M. Night Shyamalan shindig this week. Success. Next week, we're going to be dealing with gender biases. Oh, really? We are. We are. We are going to do some hard-hitting uh, coverage on women in film. About time. Only took us six episodes. Taking the world how many years? Too many. Too many. Too many. There's not enough. So stay tuned next week. 
to listen to that one. So based on Tomb Raider, is that the deal? Oh, uh, maybe, maybe. Calm, pull it back, Justin. Pull it back. Oh, sorry, spoilers. <laughs> Jeez. So remember to rate us. Remember to vote for my um, radio serial because it's, it's called what Tree Falls. Yeah, mine it, was called Good Drugs. If a Good tree drugs. falls. Good drugs. If you don't remember. <laughs> Good drugs. Remember, it's the 1930s. But don't do drugs, kids. Go on to social media and report. Yeah, whatever it takes. So thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.